Welcome to America's Top Rabbitons. May this class be for Rafu Shalema, for Joa Bart Miriam, Elia Eliana Bart Frumet Bela, and also for Devorah Bat Zilba. Please click on the subscribe button to subscribe to us on the America's Top Rabbitons YouTube page or click follow to follow us on your podcasting app so that you are the first to know when an inspiring new episode is posted. I'm excited to have on today's show, Rabbanit Batya Ivory Friedman. Rabbanit Batya was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. She received her Bachelor of Science degree in Mathematics from Brooklyn College and her MBA from the University of Alberta. She previously served the Jewish community in Hampstead Garden Suburb Synagogue in London, England, as well as the Jewish community of Edmonton in Alberta, Canada. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing this podcast, Yesha Koch, on really finding um, top women. Uh, you know, we'll talk about the references in a moment, but really, you know, this 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 podcast that you have is really focusing on women and their leadership and what they contribute to the community. So um, Yesha Koch on finding those women and um, really putting them on the platform. So Yesha Koch for that. Thank you. Um, so a little bit about myself. So I'm from Brooklyn. I actually grew up in Crown Heights in the Chabad movement. Um, and But I have a diverse background where my I always identify myself like this. My 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 husband always teases me about it, but it's really who how it identified me is my mom is Sephardi. She's originally from uh, France, born in Algeria, and my mom and my dad's Ashkenaz. So I and then I grew up in the Hasidic movement. So there I have it. I wow. had diversity <laughs> uh, growing up and 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 being in Brooklyn, seeing the diverse Jewish community um, was really something that always marvelled me. Um, but I did um, always have a passion for math. So I studied math. I, I uh, have a finance, I, I fell into finance. I worked in a in financial firm for a while. Um, and when I married my husband, who was a rabbi, so he always knew he wanted to be a rabbi. And growing up in the Chabad community, I said, no, this is not something I want to do. I do not want to be the shlichot, <laughs> the han shlichot. So um, I said, you know, Yes, uh, but you know, I, I, I'll, I'll follow you wherever you want to, you know, be whatever. You know, we, we, he gave, he gave me two years in Brooklyn in my life, and I said, okay, you know, I'll give you two years wherever. And so, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a journey. It was an amazing journey. Um, it ended up being uh, sixteen years in Canada, where, wow. really grew, <laughs> yeah, two years became sixteen, um, where we grew really as a couple, as a family, as a community, um, where I found that, you know, my calling really was to the community. Um, you know, even when I was doing financial work, I was like, there's, there's gotta be more to life than, you know, looking at numbers. And, um, I am a people's person. So it was, it, it just made sense. Uh, and, and so I have eventually did my MBA and focus on non-for-profits, um, where I actually had a case study, um, of our shul in, in, in Edmonton. Um, and really, uh, eventually, we, we we grew the community there. Um, worked um, outside the community in in the greater Jewish community. We had quite a diverse community. There was small, but we had uh, uh, two Orthodox shuls. I should say three Orthodox shuls. Um, uh, we had uh, two conservative synagogues and a, and a reform. And so it was a but very active. Um, and one of the things, my proud moments was really bringing all the community together um, for Israel. Actually, I was, I was very passionate about Israel. I'm very passionate about Israel. And so um, with my federation work in Edmonton, I was able to, to bring all the diversity together. And that was really um, part of my passion. 
Um, while I was there in Canada, actually, I, I went beyond the Jewish community and worked in interfaith work um, in my in my non for profit work. So uh, yeah, so you know, again, the diversity and bringing community together was always um, where I found myself, and I, I found uh, you know being in the clergy sphere was was a was an opportune uh, you know uh, advantage that that came to me that I was able to use. Um, for 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 bringing you know making making the world a better place that's beautiful i love that i love that that you your mission was to to bring the community together the, the diverse community you weren't afraid of it you just went right into it and you just brought all the whole community together it's amazing mm -hmm. and i just want to ask you i know that you mentioned before we started that you were going to be organizing something very very interesting a food a kosher food expo this is so exciting yes yes so um so in my journeys we went from canada to london and back um back we're back in the states now in new jersey and um, you know, coming into an incredible Orthodox, very heavy populated um, Orthodox community here, I was like, okay, so where's federations work in all this? And so it, 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 I was very proud to join um, the Feder Federation of Northern New Jersey, where we're really um, engaging uh, the Orthodox community to show their work, what they do, and how they help the community. You know, whether it's with security, with food and security, um, schooling, you know, they they do a lot and outside work as well for the general community. Um, they they really help provide a lot um, of, of of assistance, and so. Um, one of one of our our big event that we're this is our second annual event that we're hosting is a kosher food and wine expo, um, where you know there's a wide array of uh, restaurants, kosher restaurants right here. Like one thing when I moved to New Jersey, like oh my gosh, you're gonna in Teaneck, you have so many restaurants, and so we don't know what to choose from. So we're bringing the restaurants to you. <laughs> How fun! I love this. That's on November seventh, um, this uh, Monday, uh, two thousand twenty-two. We are in. Um, we're we're gonna have a, a, a Hava Torah congregation Hava Torah in Englewood. Um, featured we have Elon Kornblum, who's the great restaurant kosher guy, big foodies. Um, he's coordinating it all, and um, it's gonna be a fun, exciting event. We have raffles and VIPs and swags. So uh, yeah, you can book your tickets now. So. <laughs> And if people want to go, because they might, my husband actually might be interested in this. How do, so if somebody wants to go to the Kosher Food Fest, how would they book their ticket? So you go to jfnnj.org slash backslash food expo. Um, you could go to our website um, and um, go to the events. It's right there waiting for you to click on to register. Perfect. Okay. And I will include that link in the description of the podcast. So if anybody wants to go, they can just click the link and sign up. Awesome. Thank you. So I wanted to bring up an interesting article that you wrote that I really, really connected with. Um, it was in the blogs, The Times of Israel. And in this article, you said that the separation of the sexes, the separation of men and women is fundamental to traditional Judaism. And you also said that the mehitza, the mehitza is a physical barrier that separates men and women in an Orthodox shul when they pray. And that's a reminder that men and women are completely different beings that have completely different roles to play on this earth. I cannot agree more. It's totally true. Men and women, completely different. Um, you said that we as women must not be afraid to embrace our femininity and we should use our gender specific strengths to continue to perfect the world by separating the holy from the mundane and elevating it and sanctifying it. And this concept really resonates with me. So can you please talk to us about how Judaism views the fundamental differences between men and women and how we as women can use our feminine strengths to uplift the world? Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to read my articles. Really appreciate that. So yeah, so this, um, I, I wrote this a few years ago, you know, really 
focusing when when women um, female Orthodox women were coming out uh, in in more public forum, and it was a big discussion, big debate. And my my argument was that it, it, it's not a new place. You know, women women have always existed in the female role, um, and in a female leadership role. And the what we need to recognize is that they don't have to be exactly like the men because they're different. We have to we, we know that, right? We know the classic men are from our women are from Venus. There's no there's no doubt about it. Um, how Judaism um, looks, you know, sees this is that they're they're in a sense, you know, um, you know, I speak about in my article, I give examples of the mitzvot that are specifically created, uh, that, that are focused on women. You know, the, the three mitzvot that when when Sarah, when um, our, our fore, foremother Sarah um, passed away and passed on, um, when she, there were three miracles that occurred on her in her tent. And then when she died, it all ceased, right? But when Rebecca came in, these three things came back. And what were they? They were the the clouds of glory, which represented the Tarot Mishbacha. We had the candles burning from Shabbat to Shabbat, and we had the blessings in the dough. And all these three mitzvot really um, co connect to women because there's some sort of separation going on in each of these mitzvot. And when we think of separation, we can't think of it as you know lower, lesser, inferior. No, absolutely not. It's kadosh. It's holy. Because when you look at all these separations that we do, we're separating um, the Shabbat from the mundane, we're making it holy. We separate the challah, the dough for, 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 for that we do every week. You know, back in the day, we used to give it to, you know, to the Quranim. It was something special. Now we burn it because we don't have the Bet HaMikdash, but it is something holy. And the same thing for the laws of family purity. It, we, we, we focus the separation that, that the men and women, that the husband and wife um, have, this physical separation is the time really that we focus on making the spiritual and the emotional and psychological connection with each other. So all this separation is really holy. And that's really what women are, right? But they they show it in different ways. They, they have a different uh, role and they have a beauty that they can really uh, pass on to their next generation. I love that. I love that. that. That Because I think people think, oh my gosh, the men are reading the Torah. The men are doing this. The men are doing that. Why can't women do that? Why can't women do what men do? And that's a valid argument. I just want to say it's a valid argument. It's totally understandable. And I totally get where they're coming from. But what you're saying is that just because we're not doing it, just because we're not, the women are not doing exactly what the men are doing. It doesn't mean that we're less than, it doesn't mean that we're inferior. It just means that we're different. And I, I also want to emphasize that being different, women being different, we're actually more elevated than men. Like when we were created, when Hashem, when God created us, he created us on a more elevated level. So men are doing these mitzvot. They're reading from the Torah. They have to dive in three times a day. They have their responsibilities specifically because they're not on the same level, on the same spiritual level as women. So they have to work harder to get where we are. So right. I, just, I just wanted to know your thoughts about that. Right. So, I mean, I, I think um, women in general, you know, um, you know, I, I, I never like to um, you know, elevate the women. So uh, by putting, you know, we're not putting down the men, right? right. They're yes. right. They, they are, they have their special role and they have their special duties as well. Yes. Um, uh, but, but the, the women in a sense have, um, you know, they can do, um, uh, you know, they can pray, they can, you know, have their moment of, you know, all the mitzvot that the men can do, but they're not obligated. And that's really right. the difference, right? That's the difference here that we're talking about the nuance, um, where women, 
women, it's not that they don't, you know, they need it because they have that higher spirituality. They have that elevation already. They have, you know, you know, talking about that separation, you know, they were separated, you know, from go back to the creation of women, right? It says that she was separated again, that, that, that holiness that was taken um, from Adam. Um, so it, it's, it's really about um, the, the uh, availability that the women have and, and embracing the femininity, right? Yeah. And it's not about, you know, because really there's a, there, there, there's a sort of a paradigm between female masculinity and femininity, right? You can't, there's no one type of woman. There's no one type of man right. out there. Right. Um, and everybody has their, their strengths and their, and, and what they bring to their table. It's a, it's a, it's a unique relationship with their, with God, with, with God, with their Judaism. Um, but at the same time, we have, we have a guide, we have a Torah that guides us as to how, each of the of, of the sexes are meant are are, are meant to um, have that connection. Exactly, I totally agree. And speaking speaking about feminine strengths, actually, I want to talk about the role of the Rebbitzin and how it has always been there, how it has evolved, which is very interesting. It re the role of the Rebbitzin has really really evolved over the years because Rebbitzins are not just rabbis' wives; they work hard to earn their title. A Rebbitzin is a female spiritual leader of a community, and she's married to a rabbi, and that's why they call her Rebbitzin, but she's so much more than that. She wears so many hats, and she has a variety of responsibilities. So can you please talk to us from your own personal experience about the vital role of the Rebbitzin and the many intimate aspects of life in which she's involved with that many people may not even know about in order to help the Jewish community? All right. So, you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, it's not something I, I wanted to, you know, wanted to do. I didn't want to be the Rebbitzin, especially when people were referring to me as Rebbitzin um, in the community. I was like, you know, this is not who I am. You know, I'm not, you know, Rebbitzin for me was an older, wiser, you know, uh, woman that that uh, a lot behind the scenes. Um, but but like you say, you know, it evolved. And I think just like the feminine movement has evolved, you know, um, the Rebbitzin's, the female leadership has evolved as well in, in Judaism. Um, but it always existed. And, and that's, you know, that's what I always claim. You know, I come from a long line of Rebbitzins. You know, my my father's, um, my grandfather was a, uh, a son of a rabbi and, and he was a, another, um, his, his father was also a rabbi and they all had Rebbitzins who were very active um, but behind the scenes, we don't hear about them. If you if you do research, you see that they were actually referred to as rabbanits back then, right? It wasn't. It's not a new term that we we always had rabbis' wives. You know, the, you you don't the, the fact that we even have a word for a rabbi's wife, a title of rebetzin, rabbanit. You know, we we don't have really anything like that in in another um, profession because they do have a role. Um, whether it was back in the day, it was behind the scenes partnering, discussing with. Um, you know, uh, her, you know, with the rabbi, with her, with her husband and, you know, you know, figuring things, the best things for the community. Uh, but as, you know, the world changed, um, the women became, you know, more out, you know, and that's, and it's just, that's with the time, you know, with, with, with how things um, evolved. Um, and so, so too, the women's, you know, the, the role of the Rebbitzin. Um, she was, she, she, there was a more public figure for her. There was a more public space for her, whether it was her speaking and teaching and learning, you know, wh wh whatever it may be. Again, it, it, there isn't a specific um, description for a Rebbitzin. Each community 
has different needs, have different requirements. Um, and, and each rabbi, it's a partnership, right? So depending on who the rabbi is and what, what his strengths are, there, there's that, 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 um, uh, compatibility with, with, uh, with, with his spouse, right? Um, where, where, and, and what that individual chooses to do. It's like, it, I always say, you know, you have to take ownership of it. You know, um, what, you know, in the beginning, you know, when I first started out, um, I, 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 I saw there were gaps um, that needed filling in the community. And that's where I was, you know, whether it was a youth director, whether it was pastoral care, whether it was a hospital chaplain, whether it's cooking meals, you know, I saw that there was something needed and that's what I, you know, um, um, I'm filled. And so there isn't a specific definition. And I, I, I want to even go beyond actually the title. I know I spoke about the title, but I think this is, and I think that you, you really show this in your, in, in your podcast where you just, you don't only have Rebitsons. I know it's called the top Rebitsons, but it's really about female leadership. And I think that, you know, any woman, um, and even, you know, a man, I would say, I know this is about women, but I say anybody who commits themselves to the community, who gives of themselves, whether, you know, pastorally teaching, um, you know, being there is really, is, is, is really a rabbit sin, right? It's, I mean, th that's what they do. They, they're caring for it. Um, yes, you know, being married to a rabbi, you have that added advantage. You're, 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 you're given a community right away. And if you're not, you have to work a little harder. And those women are amazing at what they do. I mean, I see, I've, I've met so many women that I've really ordained. I'm like, you are a Rebbitzin now because you look, look at uh, the amount of work that you're doing for the community and yashikoach to you. So it's, it's really, um, uh, it's really about what the community needs. It's really about who the individual is and, and, um, how to work together to make uh, again um, contribute to, to to making this world a better place. Right, exactly. That and th that's exactly the point. And I love that that everybody's working together to contribute to make the world a better place. And everybody has their own strengths. And what I, you know, what I really want to emphasize is that just like you said, you don't have to have the title of rebbitz, and you don't even have to have any title of anything. You don't have to have any degree. You are who you are because that's how you were created. And Hashem, God created you with, he created everybody with that special gift. Everybody has a special gift in something. Some people are great in, like you're a, you're a people person. Some people are great in connecting with people. Some people are great at cooking. Some people are great at visiting the sick people. Some people have like such a kind, caring sensitivity about them that they really can console a person when they're depressed or anxious and, you know, help them to feel better. And when everybody uses the strength that they were given, they rise up to the occasion and they're, you know, they're really using their gifts to really connect with the community, connect to others and give for a purpose. So I think it's so beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, I think that's what really Judaism is about. Um, it's about having the diversity, you know, getting back to the, the beginning of my conversation where, you know, I grew up in a diverse um, home. Um, and I think, you know, seeing the diverse Jewish nation that we are, you know, coming together and and working together is really what I think Hashem wants from us, and it's and and it's and it's what each person brings to the table um, is 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 the beauty of it all, right? And it's not just oh, this is what you have to do, this is what you have to do. No, this is how we do it together. You know, recognizing the different strengths. You know, when a when a shul specifically, um, you know, working as a rebbitzin under a shul, when the shul leadership recognizes the different strengths that each person brings to the table then you can really grow as a community. When you have everybody the same, exactly the same, doing the same thing, you know, you're not going to grow. It's, it's like, how, how are we ever going to, you know, become a, a greater community? Right, exactly. And actually, that's, as you were talking, I'm thinking about, you know, everybody contributes their part. But, you know, we as women, you know, 
how can we as women step into that role of leadership and really contribute what we have, you know, what we have to give? All right. So I think we have like, um, you know, when I was taking my MBA, they, they called it level three leadership. Okay. Um, you know, right. It was like you had you, back in the day, you know, you had the people who, you know, you had, you, you know, you had the um, manager who told you what to do and how to do it. You had followers and then you had to start, you know, really um, giving um, enforce, you know, um, giving the strength and giving um, them reason to be part of that, of, of their vision. Right. But I think there's like a level three leadership where you have women have this like Yasira, you know, they have that higher, you know, understanding that Bina that that really and that do it differently, you know. Um, it's that extra, I don't je ne sais quoi, you know, it's like that's little something that um have that added touch. And I think, and I think we see that across the board, you know, whether it's um in a in a community, whether it's in a shul setting, whether it's in a, in a federation, you know, community setting. I mean, you see a lot of women behind the scenes, even in not in behind, but even in front, especially nowadays, you see them um really contributing so much um it's in the professional world um their 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 voice are, are being their voices are being heard and 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 you can you can see that they're they're adding so much more i mean they're 50% of the population how could they not be listened to right? right so it's it's so important i mean you know when we were discussing you know at, at one point in edmonton we were we were raising the mechitza we you know our mechitza was like right as at the minimum um requirement and i said you know we need to involve the women in this conversation we can't just decide like how we're going to you know design this um new machitza and so absolutely you know especially they're part of this this building we need to um engage with them and so um absolutely there there's a there's a voice that their voices are definitely um something that needs needs to be heard and and, and are heard and uh are, are being part of the um, the future is planning, you know, and contributing to, um, to again, the, the greater community. Right. And I love that. I love that you want to incorporate the women's voices and you want to get everybody's, you know, thoughts and opinions and ideas. I think that's so important. And I'm just trying to think because there's some women who are like a kind of like a shy away in the background and they don't feel empowered to share their thoughts and their feelings and their opinions, even though they have them, they have some really amazing ideas. They have what to give, but they just like, they just are not able to express it. So what advice would you give to that woman who has so much to give so much to say and just is holding back? Right. So, so you have women, I just want to say that you have women who don't want to, right? You have women who, who are given the platform who are given the opportunity to speak. And it's just not what they want. You know, when yes. we were talking about mitzvah girls, we were giving them the opportunity. Each bat mitzvah girl is so unique, right? Yes. Not everybody is ready to go ahead and give that Dvar Torah in front of the community. And that's okay. Right. You know, they'd rather have a small, you know, small pride. And it's, there's, there's, again, there's no one way to be a woman. There's no one way to do <laughs> To do Judaism, right? That's the beauty of it. You could really call it your own. And so, but when you when you talk about somebody who does have that, you know, inner, you know, you you see that the the desire they want to, then give them that opportunity. You know, that you're doing it. You're doing it. You know, making this a platform for them to be able to voice what they want. I mean, nowadays it's so easy, right? They have the blogs. You have everybody's just saying what they want. So and and um, and you see a lot of women out there. Um, doing it and and it's and and it's it's not a new phenomenon and 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 they thank god we live in a in in a world it's interesting how life how life happens right i mean the the woman's role evolved and technology allowed for them to be able to 
to have a platform themselves. So it's, I think it's wonderful. I mean, before, you know, you have, you see a lot of these magazines um, are all run by women. You see the editors, the publishers, you could, you check. I mean, I, I always see it's, I'm always amazed by it. They're all women behind those publications. It's just unbelievable. Um, and then you see, you know, like yourself, you know, podcasts, you know, that are being run by women. So they definitely have an opportunity to, to, to do that. I love that. I love that. There's, you're right. There's so much, so much more opportunity now. I feel like, and maybe it's, it's even more accepted now for women to be in a public role than it was a few decades ago. You know, right, right. And I guess because of society, right? Because even, even the secular society, women were behind the scenes, right? It wasn't a Jewish thing right. that only women were behind the scenes because that's how society was, right? Yes. It wasn't, and and so as society changed, as the norms became more, uh, you know, acceptable, then the women also became in in their own way that, you know, we we change with the times, we live with the times, right? You know, coming from the Chabad background, that was always the Rebbe's thing that you have to live with the times. And I, I you know, I think he was, he was talking about, you know, the Parsha aspect of it, but, you know, the, the weekly portion of the Torah that we were meant to learn with as well. But this is also something that we that we do every day that we live with the times recognizing. But at the same time, we have a, a guide. We have our Torah that yes. guides us to live with the times. It's not just, oh, this is what the secular world is doing. So we're just going to follow suit. No, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is that we yes, this is how the secular world is going. And can we here look at the social media. No, we don't just ban it. We say, OK, how are we going to use it? How is our Torah going to guide us? Are we bringing positivity to the world? Are we bring, you know, bringing Jews closer to, to, to Hashem? How are we making this world a better place with, with the change of times? Wow. I really love that perspective because you're right. You know, some people could say social media, let's just throw it all in the garbage, throw away the baby with the bathwater, you know? But here you're saying, which is so true, is that you can take whatever it is and elevate it. Like we were talking about earlier in the conversation, how women can really elevate and sanctify the mundane That's and right. using social media for to bring Torah. You know, there's so many interesting platforms. Like even on Facebook, there are Torah-specific groups on Facebook. There's Torah Anytime, there's Torah Cafe if people want to listen to Shirim. Even on regular YouTube, you can Google Rebitsons and you can listen to a whole bunch of different Shirim. It's really, really interesting how you can take something that could be used for the bad that has potential to be used for the bad but you can yeah. take it and elevate it and use it for the good i think that's like what we're really really talking about how each person has that potential to take who they are to take the gifts that they, they that they were given and elevate those to be used for the good i love it yeah absolutely and we have a guide it's not like we're just you know going you know without anything again i i, I right? can't stress enough that we have we have torah we have scholarship that that can show us how and and what to use at the right time yes Yes. And so speaking of, of guidance, I have a very interesting question for you. So mothers, just like Rebitsons, must teach our children that while we need to interact with people in the world around us, we always need to remember that we are Jews and we are holy and we are separate. And so women are entrusted with the task of passing on our Jewish traditions from generation to generation. And I know that your mother instilled a love of Hashem, of God, of Judaism in you and your siblings. And so many women are trying to do exactly that with our children today. But with technology and modesty and assimilation in a rapidly changing world, this task could be quite difficult. So can you please share with us like that tradition, that Torah that we were talking about, some ways that your mother instilled a love of Judaism in you and made you proud to be Jewish so that we can hopefully partake in her wisdom and apply that to our own families. Yeah, thank you. 
So yeah, absolutely. You know, again, um, the diversity that I grew up in. So my mom being Sephardi, my dad Ashkenaz, very different Judaism. Yes. Um, and, and more and more diverse is that my mom didn't come from a um a learned you know um background right where my dad was the one who was praying doing his thing and you would think oh that's what judaism is all about but i you know while i appreciate everything all the prayers my dad did and all the laws that he kept by and the halachot and that he still <laughs> makes us crazy for um my mom is the one that really instilled the love of judaism because she always had god in her life you know, wherever she went, it was like, you know, just as simple as, you know, God's going to help me find a parking spot. I know. Her, and and, she, and he always does. And he always does. And and she was oh, and she's also about chesed. She does. She was um, she was constantly um, doing um, a mitzvah, you know, always um, any she, she she's a yes woman. You know, anybody who asked her anything, she could never say no. They needed any help. You needed a driver. You needed anything. She was always there. And so and and because and she knew because that's that's what Judaism is. That's what God is. And and so um, her her love for God and her love for Torah, um, even though she might not have prayed every day, even though she might not even know Hebrew, you know, still today. But she knew that that was that was important to her. And that's what she instilled in us, knowing that, you know, God is always here. And um, and, and and I think that's that's really I mean, I, I feel very blessed to have been grown up and have been raised in um, in, in a Sephardi and Ashkenazi home because I was able to get both the beauty of both of, of, of the cultures, um, together, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's not, it's, one is not better than the other. I'm not going to say that, you know, everybody, I, again, I think that again, the diversity that we have is what Judaism, I can't stress this enough. Um, you know, each, what, what each of them, what each brings to the table is something, is something magnificent. Um, and, and for, for, for our family, I could say that, um, my mom instilled that, that love of God, love of Hashem, the Yerat Hashem, um with us that was that it was able to carry us through i love that i love that co that connection that she had to god because i can i really can relate to this and i can resonate to this because i've seen people i've seen people who like are just always so connected with god and they're always talking to him it you know when people think about uh, connecting to God, they think about taking out your sitter and your prayer book and praying all of these chakras and minha and marav and all the daily prayers, which of course is such a beautiful way to connect to God and say to Hillam. Also, I do that too. It's a beautiful way to connect to God, but you can connect to God when you're chopping onions in your kitchen. You know what I mean? Just have yeah. a, a complete and total conversation with him about anything, just the mundane. Like he doesn't care. You can talk to him about that you lost that you lost your keys this morning or that you don't know what to do about a certain thing. And it's just having a conversation with him. And that like connects you to him on such a deeper level because it's almost having like a one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with him. You know, it's really, really special. And it sounds like your mom, I don't know if she had constant conversations with guy like that, but it sounds like she had him in her life, like so tangibly, you know, he wasn't somebody just so far off, like he was so tangible. And she did, she did his work. She did Hesed. When somebody needed something, they called your mom and she, she drove for people places. I'm sure she cooked for them. I'm sure she helped with, with take care of kids. I'm sure she did all those kinds of things. And that showed you like, this is what Jews are. This is what Judaism is about. And that's such a powerful way to connect ourselves and also our families to Judaism, because we set that example for our children. I, I really think it's so powerful. And she would continue today. The only reason she, unfortunately, and she was one of the uh, before Shalemas that we need to, you know, get for her. But she, you know, she did because she can't do any more. 
but she would totally, you know, even, even to the extent, like she's, she's in the hospital, um, trying to help somebody with their move, you know, I'm like, or making sure that I'm okay, you know, getting, you know, putting my bags on, on her bed. So I don't have to carry the heavy bags. You know, she's always thinking about somebody else. And I think that's also, you know, again, I don't like to differentiate between, you know, this is how women are and this is how men are, because again, there, there are, you know, there are caring men out there as well, but I think that's a real um, attribute to women that the, this this female, um, you know, care and love that we have um, is you 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 I I saw clearly the you know the dif the differentiation between my mom and my dad, so it was really something um, unique. Beautiful, so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ravani Bhatia, for joining us on America's Top Rabbitsons. It was really a pleasure having you here with us today. And may the learning that we did today be for Rafu Shalema, for Joar Bat Miriam, Leah Eliana Bat Fremit Bela, and also for Devorah Bat Zilpa. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you for giving the opportunity to speak. Thank you. My, my pleasure.